What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. We're your hosts, Jarrett Wilson and Rachel Mogan. How's it going? And Team Chat Podcast is a video game podcast where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do that by sending us an email at teamchatpodcast.gmail.com, following us on Twitter, liking us on Facebook, and subscribing to our YouTube and iTunes channels. If you want to support the show, you can do that as well by going to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where as for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, and in return, we will give you a cool perk, like getting the episodes early before this general Tuesday release, and access to our private Team Chat Podcast Discord server. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun stuff happening. You over had there. a little bit of a stumble there on the Gmail. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. You know, <laughs> but you know, we move on, we press forward, we don't notice some past mistakes. It's in the past. Such is life. Yeah. You know, if it were really in the past, you wouldn't have such a backlog that's always preventing you from progressing to new games. Ooh, Ooh. hard called out. That's true. Called out, that's bro. True. And I'm already like feeling behind this year. Actually, what's funny is you were talking with Kirok on Twitter yeah. about, um, what, what, tell me the name of the game again. Kingdom Come Deliverance. Kingdom Come Deliverance. And you abbreviated Assassin's AC, Creed. Yeah. But see, I was struggling with that because in my head, when I saw AC Origins, all I could come up with was Animal Crossing Origins. <laughs> and I was like, what is he talking about? I was like, was there a new it's Animal going, Crossing yeah, game? And it's I didn't one for the Switch. You missed it. for the Switch. You really threw Animal me in Animal Crossing the, Origins. And then I was finally like, oh, it's Assassin's Creed. But it took me like a solid few minutes to puzzle it out and be like, oh, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. I was pretty embarrassed about that one. All right, before we get to our main topic of today's show, we are going to get a bit of news, games that are coming out, other little tidbits to tantalize our dreams and fantasies with. Oh, so. indeed. And there's a lot to talk about. So I hope you heard about it. I feel like you'll be almost as, as excited about this as me. Uh, there are rumors pretty confirmed that the Spyro trilogy I did is see getting this. a reboot. I'm actually, I'm more excited about this one than I was about uh, Crash Bandicoot's Insane trilogy. Right. And the great thing about it is, is that it's being developed by the same studio that did the nice. Insane trilogy. So Vicarious Visions will be producing, uh, presumably to be announced in March, a new reboot of the Spyro trilogy. Speaking of Crash Bandicoot, slight aside... Did you see that it's getting a new game in 2019? I believe I did see that. Now, after the Insane Trilogy, I feel like, where can they go from here? Crash Bandicoot was already a classic, so I hope that maybe it will be as good as the original It'll be trilogy. Interesting to see. I'm interested to see, but the Spyro one, I could not be more pleased about that. So it should be announced in March, fingers crossed, for launch, presumably in Q3 of this year. Nice. So we're thinking maybe September, October, around there. Nice. So a pre-holiday release that I could not be more excited about, most likely going to be a PS4 exclusive, because that's a classic Sony game. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and then in other news, Stardew Valley, I know we have a couple of listeners really into Stardew, is expected to have a multiplayer beta up and running by this spring. So that's a big maybe because Stardew Valley is an indie game, not a lot of developers on it, but maybe there will be a multiplayer beta coming soon. That'd be interesting to see how multiplayer's in, in, yeah. into that. I'm really I mean, interested in that. Well, because like games like Civilization have multiplayer and all that, and so they're they're able to figure it out. But start I mean, I don't know. I'm not as familiar with Stardew Valley, so I could be talking out my ass here, but you know, it just it's will be interesting maybe to see how they develop a multiplayer. Maybe it just means that you and it. your friends can compete for waifus. 
Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's what I really hope is in the beta. Or you can join up and, like, help manage the farms. <laughs> oh, it'll probably like lame stuff like that. You're probably right. Uh, and in Overwatch news, the London Spitfire has just announced a new offshoot Overwatch Contenders team. Ooh. So for anyone that doesn't know, Overwatch Contenders is kind of like Overwatch, League, Overwatch Minor League, okay. more or less. So Contenders is often where a lot of Overwatch League uh, big bads actually come from. So they've announced the British Hurricane, their Contenders counterpart, and they're going to be making their debut a little bit later this year with some pretty notable names. Uh, among them, what's his name? Craggy. Okay. A lot of people know Craggy for like, he's a big tank main. Everybody loves Craggy. Uh, and along similar veins, this was obviously the big news that I'm finally happy to be able to announce. Uh, the Shanghai Dragons yes. have officially signed Giguri, Overwatch League's official first female competitor. So about damn time. It's about damn time, rolling my eyes, but you know, it's better than never. Uh, and then in other, out now and coming soon, we have Metal Gear Survive for PS4, PC Xbox One at February twentieth. This day's launch. That game seems interesting. I yeah. How what's Metal Gear like without without Hideo what's Kojima? Me- yeah, and what's Metal Gear like when it's suddenly like a survival horror? I know. I'm not. I'm it's not. Weird. I'm not jazzed about it. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Age of Empires Definitive Edition for oh, PC man. February twentieth. That 20th. makes me want to build a I gaming was about PC. To say, that makes that sounds like it's going to be a I'm really. I'm so good one. mad. I really hope that gets ported to Mac at some point, but I doubt it will. Ported to Mac. I doubt it will, but it makes me so sad. Like that legitimately makes me want to buy a real PC. I edit on Mac, so it's like I need. I use the Mac for all my all my but stuff like that. But like, I mean, I could also very easily switch that over to probably PC. But right on, right on. I don't know, but that's got me excited. Uh, And then in RPG news, Xenon Valkyrie Plus for Xbox One, February twentieth, Pac Man Championship Edition Two Plus, the longest name you've ever ever heard for Switch, February twenty second. We've got Stellaris Apocalypse for PC. Also February 22. Getting out of breath. Past Cure for PS4, Xbox One, and PC February 23rd. Yume Nikki Dream Diary for PC February 23. And Gravel. Xbox One, February 26. Nice. And in other news, last little tidbit for you, Steam's Lunar New Year sale is going on Ooh. right now as of this episode's launch and get a little bit games. before that too. So get those sweet games. They've got big ones like Cuphead for 15% off. They've got nice. Hollow Knight, which Bro Mogan just finished. He can definitely um, attest to its greatness. He likes that Along one. with other ones like Overcooked, Rocket League, Overcooked. Stardew Valley. Get Overcooked. Yep. Dead by Daylight, Divinity Original Sin, Evil Within 2, and much, much more, all on sale. Steam Lunar New Year sale happening now. I've been I bought uh, Divinity Original Sin. I think during Did Black you really? Friday. Oh, I think yeah, because I was just like I had that itch for an RPG, you know, like a like a and, and I know it's it's Diablo esque and how it's set up, um, but I'd heard a lot of good things about Divinity Sin two. Divinity Original Sin 2. And so I was like, well, well, I'll play. And it was like $13 for the enhanced edition that came with all this extra stuff. So I was like, ooh. It came with the soundtrack. I was happy. Oh, well, actually, if it comes with a soundtrack, I'm in. I know. That's what I'm about. That's all it's actually I want. a pretty good yeah. soundtrack, too. That's like all it. I want from enhanced and definitive editions is the soundtrack. Like, seriously, collector's edition of, of anything. If you buy a collector's edition, like, that's why I'm mad about, or not mad, but like the God of War Stonemason edition that I pre ordered, like, it doesn't come with the soundtrack. I'm like, come on now. And actually, before I forget, did we officially announce on the show that our prior interview with Andrew Aversa, we aka not said Zircon, it on the show. oh, let's say it on the you show t- real you quick. You sent out posts on Facebook yes. and Twitter about so it. So we did a bunch on social media, but for anyone, one that was wondering the follow-up to our interview with 
Zircon, who was in the process of developing his own game, Tangle Deep. Episode that, 80, if you want to go yeah, back and check that out. Yeah, that was back in episode 80 of last year. Uh, that game did officially launch recently. Nice. So it's a classic dungeon crawler RPG. It looks really beautiful in its final version, and I really cannot say enough good things about the soundtrack. Obviously, the reason I knew about Zircon in the first place was from his music. Right. Uh, him and a few others worked on the soundtrack together, and it is a plus quality. So if you're looking for even just a new soundtrack, you can check it out on Bandcamp. You can buy it. I got it because I was a Kickstart, Kickstarter backer. I need to start looking at Kickstarter back. I'm telling things. you, you can get some cool stuff. Well, because like I saw somebody on Reddit who had who had backed Kingdom Come Deliverance, and they got like three or four t-shirts, all this cool shit. Yeah. I was like, what? You get cool exclusive I mean, I'm stuff. assuming that person kicked a lot of money. They probably did. But I mean, I mean, Kingdom Come Deliverance looks from everything I've seen straight up my alley. Uh, but I will definitely say, I think I backed like $15 for Tangle Deep and it 100% was worth the soundtrack. I would happily pay that twice over. Well, in bonus points, I, I sent this, I uh, texted this to you the other day that I saw like, because when it was coming out and all that stuff, Ashley Birch tweeted it, oh. tweeted out the trailer because she was like, Hey, I did the voiceover for the trailer. And I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> well, is that all the news? That's all the news. Didn't want to cut it off too early. If you still no, a that's bit all the news. We get went Excellent. through the whole Excellent. list of news. Excellent. So now, hitting our main topic here, ladies and gentlemen. Oh gosh. And now, you know, we probably could have planned this a little bit better. But it's the week after Valentine's Day, and so or technically still by the time we're recording, it's the week of Valentine's Day. So I felt like I'm going to allow this. We're going to do volume two, volume two of our romances and relationships topic. We did the first volume last year, Valentine's Day. So go back and check that out. I, I do not know the episode. Don't remember number. what we talked about either. Like I think uh, I can Zach remember. Brought up, Zach brought up Cortana um, and Master so. Chief because I didn't want to restrict it to only romances. Right. Because that seems a little restrictive. Because some of the best relationships are either platonic ones or like familial ones. Exactly. So I didn't want to restrict it to purely like, you know, love, love interests. Uh, and so that's why I opened it up to be just like, oh, hey, here's a couple of, you know, different things like that. You know, it can be like two characters that are really good friends. Or yeah, familial relationship. Just, but, you know, basically we opened it up. Romance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All that good stuff. So, so yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, I know Zach brought up Cortana. I talked about um, romancing characters in Dragon Age 2, I believe, because I talked about my romance with Anders the Mage and then uh, <laughs> Isabella the Pirate. Wait, when did you talk about um, who's the dwarf guy that you love? Varric. When did you talk about Varric and his crossbow of Bianca? I think in Favorite Weapons. Oh, one of okay, our, that was Favorite yeah, yeah, Weapons. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought for sure that that one made it into the romance episode. No, because <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't think Varric's actually a romanceable character. But Is uh, he correct really me, not? correct me if I'm wrong, Dragon right. Age players. But I think Varric's not a romanceable oh, character, he has to at be. least in Dragon Age Two, which I had played. I'm still. It got set aside in my backlog, but I haven't played all the way through Dragon Age Inquisition yet. I was and he about might to say, be he's there. He's in Inquisition, and I feel like he's a romanceable character. Yeah, he might be. I don't he remember exactly. Um, but anyway, so we have a list of a couple of a couple of our favorite uh, relationships and romances. Per usual, with our typical list format, we don't know the others' picks. So let's see if we cross over at all. But would you like to kick us off with our first? I am one hundred percent certain we have zero cross. So I don't know. I have one that I was like, we might. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. So it's we'll my honorable about... mention. So if we have, oh, if we get, okay. if we have enough time, I figured right. we could definitely. Uh, yeah, hide we... that list. I don't. I don't want to see. Yeah, it. no, it's that's why it's turned over. Oh, okay, it's faced out. Gotcha. Yeah. 
My number two, Sans Honorable Mentions. We're going to be talking about a favorite couple of mine. Uh, they actually haven't been talked about that much on the show at all before because they're from a very old game that got a recent remaster, Okami. So we're going to be talking about Kushi and Susano. Are we good? Yep, we're All right, good. just checking. Jared's messing with the sound stuff, and it always throws me off and Sorry. weirds me I don't, out. I don't mean to. Don't <laughs> um, so, Kushi and Susano, are you familiar with these fine characters not, at all? I not good sir. The game. So, Susano is actually one of the main, uh, I, I guess you would call him a deuteragonist, my favorite word to bring back all the time. So, he's not the protagonist, but he's like your secondary side character protagonist. Okay. So, Susano, in the lore of Okami, is actually the descendant of a legendary hero named Nagi. And this was all from events that happened 100 years ago. So the game starts, and they keep referencing events that happened 100 years ago. So 100 years ago, Susano's dis uh, ancestor, Nagi, fought the beast Orochi, the eight-headed serpent, and defeated him and like saved the world, blah, blah, blah. But the reason that Nagi had to defeat Orochi in the first place was because they live in a village called Kamiki Village. And Kamiki Village is a tiny beautiful, you know, medieval Jap feudal Japanese, I guess would be the word, feudal Japanese town, where they are plagued by a demon, Orochi, oh, the demons. dreaded Orochi. So uh, what Orochi's uh, whole thing is, is he's a classic monster villain. He wants you to make a sacrifice of one, the, the village's most beautiful maiden, every freaking year, which considering their population, there's actually no way that the years would work out that they would be able to supply enough maidens of the right Maybe they, maybe they import maidens. Maybe they're villages. importing maidens. They could be doing that. Uh, but so the whole spiel is that every year on the festival, so uh, every year on the night of the annual festival, uh, Orochi will shoot a white blazing arrow over the doorway of the cursed maiden. Oh, no. And then the village has to send her off to Orochi's cave where he eats her. Like that's uh. literally what he's going to do. He's going to straight up eat her. Uh, so that was all 100 years ago, though. Nagi defeated Orochi. He slew the the beast he saved his own love who i can't remember what her name was in the ancient times but that's also not important because now we're in the here and now and in the here and now we've got susano who is nagi's descendant and kushi who is the village's sake brewer so she's adorable she has a very important jo job and she's really really cute and every time so you're amaterasu so you're like a wolf every time you're around she's I like i name. love you She's so cute and adorable. And Susano, uh, contrary to his lineage, he's really kind of like a lazy oaf. So he's got this reputation. He's Nagi's descendant. He's supposed to be, you know, born from heroes, basically. So everybody have, has all of these really high expectations for him. And you get the feeling that he does have some sword abilities. You know, his house is covered in swords. He's got a training thing out back. Yeah. But he's like drunk and asleep all the time. Uh -oh. So he's really well known for being like the village drunk and he just stays in his basement and drinks his days away and snores and hits on Kushi. <laughs> and that's like pretty much their whole deal. So you already know that Kushi and Susano probably have like a crush on each other Aww. based on talking to Kushi because she'll be like, oh, you know, Susano usually helps me with the harvest, but he hasn't been able to help me lately. I guess he's not feeling so good because, spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't played, um, 
Okami before, Susato accidentally woke Orochi back up. Oh, damn it. So it's kind of his fault. He undid all of the good work done by his ancestor, uh, and he woke Orochi back up, and now the world is in mortal peril because of it. So he actually sets in motion all of the events of the game. And so all of a sudden, you know, it's been a hundred years of peace, and then all of these curse zones are appearing around the map. You know that shit's going down outside the village, and then all of a sudden, on the annual festival, which is now a happy festival for Kamiki Village, because he hadn't been woken up, a blazing white arrow comes shooting <sighs> out of the sky, strikes Kushi's house, and she's like, "Well, shit." <laughs> this is an unpleasant <laughs> turn of events. This is an unpleasant turn of events. So they know Orochi is back. They know what was done in the past, and Kushi's like, "You know what?" She has a real stand-up moment. She's like, "Because they're trying to get Susano to help." So this whole time they're like, "Kushi's in danger. She's going to get sacrificed to the beast." You know, what are you going to do, Susano? And he's just locked up in his house, and he's like, "Go away! I'm not responsible for this." Like, really, like rejecting his lineage. Yeah. And so Kushi's like, "Well, man, I don't want everybody to die because of me." So. I'm going to stand up. So like she puts on her sacrificial white robes and she like goes to Amaterasu and she's like, okay, I'm going out there. Don't try to stop me. And she like runs and she like runs to Orochi's cave and you're like, oh shit, I got to go after her. So like you run after her and you find her and Amaterasu is like, okay, we're going in there together. They can't talk obviously because you're a wolf. It's just but like, it's, it's still, like, it's like camaraderie. It's, it's like, like I'm a wolf goddess. It's like, I'm going to help you out. You're here. a sacrificial maiden. We can help each other out, yeah. man. So you actually carry Kushi on your back all the way to the uh, the lunar cave, the moon cave, that's what they call it, which is where Orochi lives. And so Kushi gets, you know, taken into the cave, I guess. What's a fortress? It's like a fortress in there. Oh, okay. So Kushi gets snatched up by Orochi. She's taken deep into the for- a fortress. You get separated, so you're no longer with her. But you know, based on a side quest where you have to gather ingredients for a demon chef, oh. uh, that they are cooking the appetizer that Orochi will eat before he eats Kushi. So you've got a little bit of time. Okay. So you're like, okay, he always eats an appetizer before the main course. Good for him, living his best life. So one of the side quests of this uh, fortress is, of course, you're collecting all these ingredients for this guy. And once you do that, you stow away like old school style, basically on the food cart. Nice. So they take you up to like his main layer and you're like, surprise, bitch, I'm here. And you find Orochi and you find Kushi and you're like, oh man, I got to save her. So you leap into battle, right? And it's not going well Uh-oh. because what happened a hundred years ago is uh, the reason they were able to beat Orochi in the first place is because the maiden from a hundred years ago had this legendary sake called eight purification sake, which he has eight heads, eight purification sake, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You don't have that because Susano drank it all. He drank all of the super special sake and now you have none left and you're like, crap, this is not going well. I can't get Orochi drunk to take down his magical barrier, which is how you beat him. Mm-hmm. But Luckily, Kushi's like, don't worry, Amaterasu, I brought my patented thunder brew. <laughs> and she like holds it over her head like this. And you're like, yeah, Kushi, you go. And so she like dumps it into this magical water. And then you're able to basically force feed uh, Orochi using the power of your magical brush, a bunch of sake, and you get him drunk. Nice. So once you like knock out enough of his heads, you can actually start to deal damage to him. His magical barrier goes down. It's awesome. It's a great boss battle. Sounds like and it. then a lot of parts finally, it. it's oh, it's long. The whole fight takes like 20 to 30 minutes oh if you God. do it badly. 
Oh, if okay. you do it well, it doesn't take that long. But if, <laughs> if you're not so good at it, it takes a little bit more time. Uh, but after a certain point in the fight, you're like, man, I got to do something to actually kill this guy. Yeah. And who comes a running? Susano. He finally got out of his house. Kushi's one true love. He finally busts Good. out of his Good. house. He looks adorable. He has like wooden armor on and he's like literally shaking in his boots <laughs> as he's like trying to face Orochi because he's not really a hero. Right. The whole arc of his story is that like he's a fake hero. He's fake news. And he's like, I can do it. I am the descendant of Nagi. I'll save you, my woman. And she's like, you're here. Yay. It's all very Took classic. Took you long enough. Took you like long I was enough. about to kill myself Me and Amaterasu to save everybody. Were okay. and, uh, you, know, you were chilling. <laughs> And, and now you you're got here. drunk. I and guess now it works. All it's right, all whatever. Right, I'll, look whatever. A, I'll look past yeah, it. Yeah, she's looking the other way on that. But uh, so he actually comes into the fight, and using the like the teamwork between him and Amaterasu, you're able to call down the power of the moon, and then you bait him. Everybody lives happily ever after. Oh, that's good. also this is only like one third of the way through the game. Oh, so there's actually a lot that happens after this. So it's kind of spoilery, but not really because there's so much game after. Yeah, it's that. not like it's the final boss. And so I guess that they're one of my favorite couples because their whole arc spans a a significant portion of the game and b they get a happy ending That's and good. i do actually love people that get happy endings not everything has to be all doom and gloom all the time yeah so once you save kushi and uh you go back to kamiki village they have the festival like regular and everybody's getting drunk they're having a good time and one of my favorite things is that you can go around and talk to all the villagers and they're like oh well you know we can't find susano and kushi Kushi, nobody knows where they are. And you're like, oh, snap, are they out there having romancing times? And actually, there's a bit of a, uh, not really a spoiler, more of like a, an Easter egg. There yeah. we go. An Easter egg of if you actually leave the village while it's still village time and go back to the moon cave, mm -hmm. you totally do find Susano and Kushi. And they're not doing anything scandalous yet. yet. But they're like... But oh, she brought some of her sake. But, but they, they've got some stuff. Some candles. Some party times. Little set up. <laughs> and they're, uh, but actually it's revealed through that uh, talk because of course you bust into their times and Susano's like, oh my God, go away. <laughs> uh, it's revealed that Susano could actually see that you were a god the whole time. Oh. He just chose to ignore it because well, he's like good. a douchebag. <laughs> I guess. I guess, yeah. So yeah. he's like, yeah, I knew. It's okay. Oh, no, it's not the moon cave. It's the cave of Nagi. Sorry, they're two <gasps> very different places. Now the story doesn't make sense. My bad. It's a different location, but still, it's a cave. You got to forgive me. All the caves are, look the same to me. <laughs> uh, but so you can find them, and he's like, oh, I knew you were a god the whole time. And you're like, oh, you you're crazy kids. You how you go and have fun, and then you leave. And, uh, you know, they live happily ever after. They and have fun. in Okami Den, they do have a kid. So I guess we know when that kid was created nine months later nine months afterwards so sushi, sushi and kusano susano and kushi nice they're my number two pick very good very good well my number two pick is from a more recent game and it's always funny when whenever we do these lists like we come up with the topic what we want to do and then my mind instantly goes blank and i can't think of anything and i literally thought of this one which was like oh duh uh this morning or maybe last night it's from a newer game a newer game let me um, see if I can guess it. Okay, go for it. How new? <laughs> currently playing. Oh, currently. Oh, from Assassin's Creed. It is. AKA Animal Crossing Origins. That's right. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, so my cut my uh, my romance, and this one is actually a romance, uh, is between the main the main character, Bayek, and his wife, Aya. Oh, and they're already married. They are. How lovely. It is. It's a lovely tale. <laughs> now, uh, I don't 
I haven't finished the game. Like I said, still in process because I spent a hell of a lot of my time derping around doing side quests. It's a, it's a great game. And if you don't, then you're not a real gamer. If I'm just doing the story, the main story of the mission, that's boring. And I'll Hashtag play the game, fake gamer. And I'll play the game in like two hours. No, I need the full experience. Going for that platinum on that one, I did decide. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I don't know totally how their story resolves and how it ends. But of what I've experienced, they're a... It's very interesting dynamic that it throws into the game. So brief and slightly spoilery Luckily, thing about I them. will never play this game. I don't know. I think you should. I mean, you can say that all you want. The I likelihood don't. that I will ever play it is virtually zero. Know, so go right ahead, good okay. sir. Well, I know, but there are listeners out there. Oh, snap. Camera. Oh, Boop. oh. There are listeners out there who, you know, might be looking forward to this. So I'm going to try to keep this as spoiler-free as I can. So uh, anyway, Bayek is a is a this order in, is a member of this order in Egypt called the Medje, and the Medje are in uh, are tasked with basically protecting Egypt. Uh, I know about this from the Mummy. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Have you seen the Mummy? I have not actually. Oh my god, it's the best action comedy of all time. I I, it's been on my list for You're forever. You're crazy. We've been over this. I have you a backlog would know of movies just as much as I do as a backlog the of mummy. games. I already know what happens. Okay. Well, anyway, so that, so you're familiar with the Magi. <laughs> so I'm familiar with the Magi. Okay. <laughs> and so anyway, so uh, he's a protector of this, and in the events of the game that kind of kick the the game off, and why the, he goes on this hunt for these for the bad guys, who as of this point in the game. It, they're the foundations of what I would assume become the Templar order that you mm -hmm. fight in all the previous games. Uh, what kicks it off is in his home territory of Siwa, his home city. Uh, he, there's some goings ons and, and things he has to investigate and go and go see. And in the process of that, again, without being too spoilery, but this is a slight spoiler, so close your ears, I'll give you a few seconds. For he, uh, his son is killed. <gasps> oh my God! How old is the kid? Like. Less than 10. Oh, so that's actually quite tragic. It's very tragic. That's very It's very tragic, and it's a recurring event that keeps coming back up throughout the rest of the game. Like in the animated classic, The Prince of Egypt. Yes. Well, that is a great movie. <laughs> that is a great no movie. No sarcasm there. Oh, that's a killer movie. Um, and so, anyway, so that is this, this huge formative thing. Now, the thing about it, at this point in the game, I don't think you had met... Because the, the beginning of the game kind of takes this, like, is a, is a flashback, and then it kind of does a flash forward, like, all these different things. Yeah, no, you haven't met his wife yet at this at this point in the game. You meet her later in Alexandria. Ooh, okay. And the thing about Aya is she's not just, like, his wife. She is also, I don't know if she's, oh, I need to clarify this, but she, I believe she is also a Magi. Oh, okay. Very cool. So she I was going to guess Senator. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it turns out so I'm So she wrong. actually plays a very, uh, a very important role in this as well because she's not... Damn it. I keep trying to like... I'm trying to confirm myself so that way I don't, I don't uh, say, uh, you know, wrong things. Maybe she's also a librarian? Famous library of Alexandria? Possible, but Possibly. she's not. Uh, so... <laughs> The thing about her, though, is so that she is also involved in this and is involved in the same, uh, your same goal, but in a different way. And so it's this whole thing of like the Bayek and Aya, yeah, which, oh yeah, that's, that's her. She is badass. Yeah, she looks super cool. Um, great outfit, great oh, style. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And so the thing about them, though, is so that they have this, this, um, okay, so I don't think, no, she's not, a, she's not a Magi. 
Oh, so okay. she's just a regular badass. Yeah, uh, but she has like some training and different things like that. Uh, so anyway, she's capable of killing people, which she does quite well. And so the thing about this is, so you meet her here, and it's and it's these instances of, and it's been one of the great things about that not only makes Assassin's Creed Origins stand out in the Assassin's Creed games is that. Bayek has been one of the most relatable characters as a whole because, you know, I love the other previous assassin that I love was Ezio Auditore, which he was great. You know, he's this younger, cocky guy who then grows up into be an older, wiser man, but still kind of holds his own his own same things. You know, kind of a playboy kind of stuff going on. But Bayek is through and through, even though he has to commit these, you know, a very violent acts. And do these things to save Egypt and save his people. He is still, he's very much at his core like a family man. And so, and Aya is as, is as well. And so it's this really sweet moment where like they meet in Alexandria and they, you know, like every time they see each other and they interact with each other in the game, like she, they run to each other and she like jumps into his arm, you know, and all this. And they like make out for a bit while yeah. everyone else is standing there being like, come on guys, let's, come we, on. we got Hit stuff to talk me. about. <laughs> but so Aya is hooked up. And the reason why you're not together is so you're both hunting these people who, uh, you're both hunting these people, but Bayek is doing it in the service of Egypt and like in his own somewhat quest for revenge. Aya is doing it because she is now serving Queen Cleopatra. Ooh, that's super cool. Exactly. And so at this point into the main like uh, power struggle in this game is that she's trying to wrestle power from her brother Ptolemy. Right. And so all you this know is- how we all know Egyptian history. <laughs> I do because it's even better now because of this game. And so she is with Queen Cleopatra. And so Ptolemy is being controlled by this order that you're fighting. So you both have this, this, uh, this end goal of trying to fight this order, bring down this order. And, you know, Bayek is doing it as a means of revenge. Aya is also, but she has more allied herself with being like, I'm doing this because Cleopatra is the one I need to be be putting myself behind and she's decreeing this and it's kind of it's almost seemed like she wants Bayek to let the past go in a way like she's like that happened and it's terrible and I obviously am in, in heartbroken about it all but you know now we need to see a greater a, a greater future that we need to work towards and so you know as you go through the game more they have these instances of of this conflict about it where it's like we're on the same side but we're kind of having this rift and so it's a very just interesting dynamic that the game has thrown in there and it just makes either of them very personable characters and easy to, and that's what I mean by very easy to relate to uh, just because they seem every marriage has its struggles. You know, you're killing people. I'm killing people, but our reasons we gotta are meet different. In the so we got to meet in the middle <laughs> exactly. to kill people together. Exactly. And there are a few points where that does happen. See, it's, I knew it. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Uh, and so I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things that are great coupling that I don't really, I don't have that as for like a husband and wife pairing in a video game. Don't haven't necessarily found, or can think of many other examples of. And so it, it, but it's, it's, it's just a great, how the the moments where they do get to see each other, you know, are filled with pure joy. They also have fun as (laughs) your couple did. And so, you know, a couple times. It's probably not as PG as Okami is though. Actually, it it is, it is well done. Okami may even be rated G. It, you know, goes to black, fade to black. Oh, it fades to black. Okay, that's classy. Heavily make it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's tastefully handled. Tastefully handled. And so, you know. And so you can just see that there's this obvious, genuine, pure love there. But then it's all—it's also then like they have that moment together every time they see each other, and that's always just—it's just a wonderful moment. Like it's happened three, four times, and they're always just as excited to see each other. And then they're always this like, 
well, when do we get to see each other again? I don't know. I gotta go. So Cleopatra's sending me over here. Well, I gotta go this way because I gotta kill some dudes over here. Shit. Well, all right. But you know, so it's just a very it, it's it's very real and very and very genuine. And I think that's that's legitimately why it's it it hit my list. And obviously, I'm playing it now, so you know it's very fresh. But it, it it's just I don't know. It's just lovely. It's just, I, lovely. it's just Good lovely. It's just lovely. And I really Making just enjo- enjoy seeing them more. I've heard things get weird. Like, I don't get know. weird? Not weird. Oh, gosh. But like, what were you going to say? This rift maybe gets bigger. Oh, okay. I, I'm not that far yet. Man, so, what if the game ends with them getting the world's first ever divorce? Yeah. That'd be pretty great. I don't know. I feel, I feel like at this point, they've probably had a few divorces already. They've probably had a few divorces. Not, not them, but like the world. Oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. You know, but I don't know. But so, uh, you know, it's it, it's... Again, I don't have a closure to that because I haven't reached the end of their story. I but want just an update. Yeah, when you finish the game, I want the update. Oh yeah, I'll give an update for sure. Gotcha. I, I do want to actually come back and do like a wrap up to Assassin's Creed because I know we did. You know, I, when the game first came out, and I had spent a few hours in it. Like I did my initial like reactions to it and everything like that. But now that I'm getting into the game and uncovering more layers and and all these other parts about it and little things about like the character of Bayek and how he is different from other Assassin's Creed characters and Assassin's Creed protagonists in the past. Uh, it's just, there's a lot I want to get back into. So, uh, it's, it's, and they keep adding more. They actually, Ubisoft actually came up and said that they are not going to do another new Assassin's Creed game this year because they're going to focus more on origins and providing more DLC. Okay. See, I like that approach a lot better. I do too. Like, because I'm like, to releasing yes, new, give me more. new iterations, just build on the ones you already have. Exactly. Okay, so, so that's kudos to them. I like that approach a lot. Oh yeah. So it's, it's gonna, it's a, uh, it's, it seems to be doing, it's going to be sticking around for a while, which I'm glad about because I'm really enjoying this game. Like I said, got a platinum it. So I only do that if I'm really enjoying the game. Uh, so that is my number two couple. Anyways, I finally remembered one that I did from last year. Oh, yeah? It was Delilah and Henry from That's Firewatch. right, from Firewatch, yeah. And actually, I think I thought about it almost to do it for this episode, and then I was like, damn it, I already talked about them. Because actually, they're still my favorite, Delilah and Henry, even though they technically never really get to be together. So sad. I know, crying. Okay, so my number one, then, is an older game that you've heard me talk about at least a little bit before, but that you haven't heard me expand on a lot. Oh, okay, see, I was going to say Legend of Jagoon. And this now- particular side quest i almost did that don't tempt me (laughs) don't tempt me man uh so this is a side quest technically from really a game that has managed to make itself really fond in my heart even though i haven't played it as much as some others it's skyward sword oh so the legend of zelda skyward sword and this is the uh we're gonna abbreviate it and call it the ghost toilet side quest Oh, you're in for some fun times, buddy. Okay. So actually, one of the best things that Skyward Sword did was characterization. The characters in Skyward Sword felt very familiar, very real. You felt like Link had been living with them all his life, which he had been. And it wasn't a Breath of the Wild kind of thing where Link wakes up and he's all alone and he has no friends because they're all dead. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and it's that's literally minute I mean, one. he wakes up in, yeah, a, right? in Breath of the Wild and he's Nobody. like, oh, I'm 100 years later. And- Whoops. No, so Skyward Sword is very different. Uh, Link has basically lived his whole life in a floating city called Skyloft. And the uh, game opens with you going to school. So, like, you're basically a regular school kid, and you go go to Skyloft Academy, and you have, like, classmates, and it's very real and very normal in a way. And some of your classmates are people that you can interact with throughout the game. Okay. In a very big way. So one of the main side quests, side quests involves three people, 
technically fourth, but it's questionable on whether or not it's a people. Uh, and that would be Pippet, the school's self-appointed, I guess, hall monitor. He's like such a tool. Pippet sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Pippet so much. Like some people love him because he's very like, what ho, Link? How goes it meet my man? And it's just like, shut up, Pippet. I know. I hate him. I hate Pippet. Uh, and then there's this other kid, Colin, who is it's actually spelled C-A-W-L-I-N because all of their names are meant to okay. be sort of warped versions of birds. Um, so actually all of their names are meant to at least evoke certain sky. types of birds. And yeah. that's one you ride like a big ass bird. Exactly. Right? Yeah, okay. you get a big, they're loft wings. Ah. A.K.A. the, what, uh, the oh, there's a real bird. What is it called? Isn't it like the shoe bill? It's the something bill stork or something like that. I mean, that. the shoe bill one is the only one. Yes. The it's one that's got bill. like the really. Yeah, big, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. uh, loft wings are based off of shoe bills and shoe. Shoe bill. Shoe yeah, bills. Shoe. That's such I'm, a weird I'm pretty word. Pretty sure I'm right. Anyway, so uh, we're getting off topic here. So Pippet. No, we got to discuss the biology. <laughs> uh, Colin, who yeah. is actually one of the hench people of your main antagonist. Oh, they shoe look bill. so silly. Stork. <laughs> They're so cute. So the shoe bill stork. So cute. Uh, and anyways, like shoe bill riding is one of the classes you take in your school or whatever. I don't know what they're going to school for. Uh, anyways, so Colin is one of the other side characters of this quest. Okay. He's actually like a short, like mad, he always looks sad guy. And you're like, God, Colin, you suck too. Sure, bro. Yeah, he he's never happy. And for good reason, as we'll later learn. And Corrine, who is one of the few other girls in the game. Uh, so Corrine, Pippet, and Colin all go to your school. They're all your friends, I guess, except for Colin who's not really your friend. Uh, and you have eventually an interesting side quest that opens up. So after a certain point of the game, you can go to the marketplace and one of the vendors will kind of mention to you on the side, like, man, like really you just overhear them. You don't even talk to them directly. And they're talking about, man, we've been hearing some weird wailing cries coming out of the school lately. And you're like, oh no, what's going on at school? Mm -hmm. So in Skyward Sword, there's a very defined day and night system. System. So if you go to bed and wake up at night in the school, you wake up, you exit your bedroom, and you hear this wailing sound, and you're like, oh no, what's going on? And you go all the way down the hallway to the haunted bathroom, and if you Ghost open- toilet. If you open the door, you encounter the ghost toilet. Is it actually a toilet? It's, it's actually, a ghost? Yeah, no. So if so, what actually happens is you go all the way to the end of the hallway and you like knock on the bathroom door because it's closed. Normally it's open during the day and you can go in whenever you want. Uh, and you knock on the door and you, like a ghostly voice says, paper, bring me some paper. It's hilarious. And you're like, okay, ghost, I'll bring you some paper. Two ply? So, three what do you, Charmin? What's the situation in there? Quilted Northern. Quilted Northern. So you leave and you go to bed and you wake back up in the daytime. And then you basically talk to Colin at a certain point. And Colin's like, hey man, Link, I, like he'll, he actually approaches you, which is very strange because you know that he hates your guts. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I need your help. I'm not happy about this, but he and he gives you a letter and he's like, I need you to give this to Corrine. And you're like, okay, I gather that this is a love letter, but what am I going to do with it? Because I know that that ghost needs paper. <laughs> so, so you have just been given paper at a very convenient time. So this is where you kind of have an option of how to, how to approach this side quest. But it ends in the same result either way. I should just go on ahead and say. So if you choose... 
like I did, to give the ghost the letter. The ghost will be like, thank you. Like you literally slide the letter under the door and the ghost takes it and presumably uses it for their ghostly toilet purposes. And eventually you do see the ghost and it's literally just like a hand, which is actually a great callback to Majora's Mask because there was a side quest featuring a ghost toilet I'm sure you know. Absolutely, I do. <laughs> Absolutely not. Anyways, it was a great callback to Majora's Mask. So if you give the ghost the letter, eventually a couple of nights from them, from then, you can go into Colin's room at night and the ghost read his letter and fell in love with him. And the ghost is like stroking his face while he what? sleeps and it's like so handsome. And you're like, oh God. And like Colin's there like having nightmares because the ghost is trying to like romance him. It's, so funny and the ghost if that's the path that you take will be the one to give you the reward from the side quest so you either get the reward from the ghost or alternatively if you actually give the letter to Corrine so if you go to Corrine and you like talk to her and she's like you try to give her the letter she reads it and there's this big dramatic like everybody's alarmed about things because Pivot shows up and he's like no that's my woman he doesn't actually say that what really happens is Corrine reads Colin letter and she's like I'm sorry Colin I don't have those feelings for you I love Pippet and I'm like really Corrine this bitch you're gonna go with (laughs) Pippet I hate Pippet and Corrine is the worst for it she deserves better she probably would have been better off with the toilet ghost but so either you can get the reward for the quest by getting Pippet's reward where he's like thank you you've showed us the way we can finally be together or the preferred option give that ghost the letter for it to use as toilet paper and it falls in love with Colin and that's the true OTP of Skyward Sword, you guys. Toilet Ghost and Colin. Number one, baby. I love that side quest. That's bizarre. It's one like, of my favorite. That's one of the ones. craziest things. I've I ever love heard. that you like give the ghost his letter, and it's like, oh, what you gonna do with that ghost you. toilet? Yeah, what do you do? What's going on in there, ghost toilet? That's. But yeah, ten out of ten. Would <laughs> would right. ghost toilet again? <laughs> it's my favorite one. <laughs> well, um, okay. Switching gears. My uh, my mine here is going to uh, not quite be so far-fetched, a little so more grounded, I'd say. Um, <laughs> Whatever, you don't know Ghost Toilet's heart. <laughs> I, I don't, but uh, but I do know these people's heart. And this is not one that's as much of a romance as it is more of a familial relationship. Oh, I do love the family times. And this one is also from a more recent game, so again, I'll be trying to avoid spoilers, but Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, okay, very interesting. And the, the characters in this one are Aloy and Rost. That's her like father figure. Father figure. Gotcha. So you meet Rost at the very beginning of the game. Opening cinematic to this game, you meet Rost. He has been called by the village mothers uh, of the of the Nora people, and to and the thing about this though is that Rost is an outcast, and the whole thing is outcasts. Once they're outcasts, you don't talk to them. You don't you don't acknowledge their existence. What did he do to get cast out? <sighs> oh man, does it say? It does. I believe. I think he like tax fraud. No, it was it was one of those things he got kicked out for, but it was like actually a very noble reason. But oh, but like the, it went so against he's not the rules. really a bad guy. No, Ross but it is went a stand. Ross is a stand up guy. Gotcha. But anyway, so you meet so you meet him there, and so yeah, so it's this whole thing of he's he's having this meeting with the mothers, which like that shouldn't be happening really, and they give him Aloy as a baby because she. In the story, and this is, they say this, so this isn't very spoilery. Like, she this was, is day one of the game. Day one, like, she, you know, you know, she was given to us from the mountain, which is like, the, the mountain is where, uh, you know, that 
is like what the Nora main village is built around and all this. And, the, you know, they worship as kind of a god. And so you say this and Ross is like, well, where's the mother? And they're just like, she's from How the mountain. How much? Don't she's ask too from many from questions, exactly. buddy. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's from the mountain. And, and Ross being just like, okay, I'll take this child and, and raise it, I guess. I guess if you're bored and outcast, because, you'll happily exactly. take a kid. And so... And so that was the thing of the like we can't really have her in the village because of all this you know and all the different stuff and so Ross like okay so he steps up immediately he's like fine I'll t- I'll take this child uh, and so the and so then what the next part of the game is where you actually get to play as Aloy as a six seven year old girl oh that's cute and you get to see her interaction with Ross there and it is obviously because she knows no different I'm mean, like she knows like Ross isn't her real father but still he's her father she has red hair exactly he has he black has, hair yeah big thick beard she does not. <laughs> genders are different <laughs> but genders still. are different <laughs> uh but yeah so, so so but you can tell that they have this it's it's almost of like a a master apprentice thing gotcha. as much as it is a father-daughter thing and it, and it almost seems when you do meet it that you it almost seems that rost is kind of cold to her and and is and is more focused on being a master, a master being seen as a master in their in their relationship with each other. But you also see his softness. Very Qui Gon Jin. Exactly, very much so. Uh, and so, I did. I do like that. I appreciate a good Star Wars <laughs> reference. But uh, but yeah, so he and and that's how he ended. Like he's very stern with her. He's very you know, especially because in the beginning he's like he's training her. They're going through some different things. Uh, he's showing her to like, you know, it's where you, it's basically your tutorial to the game of like, you right. know, here's how you gather things. Here's how you like can use rocks to distract the machines so and all this other stuff. he's not about the warm fuzzies. Not really. But you can tell that he cares a lot for her and, and how, what he, and how he does interact and talk with her. Uh, like my favorite thing about him is like whenever he wants her to do something, he'll like walk away and be like, follow. That's all he'll say. Is he'll just be like follow. one of those people. You know, that's what I mean. He's very stern. He's very he's very like a serious man. Uh, Doesn't he know please and thank you? Not not very well. No. But still, and so so like one of the very first things that happens too is uh, is a boy from a vi- from the village is surrounded uh, by a, a group of the machines, and Aloy wants to save him and all this, and Ross is like. I mean, they're machines. Like, what can you do now? Before previous to this, I believe. If I, I hope I'm not getting my chronology of the game mixed up. Either this happens immediately before or immediately after this event. Is Aloy has fallen down into the into uh, into a cave that is a broken down. Like it, it becomes clear, it's like it was a a building of the old ones, is what they call like the civilization before. Gotcha. Basically, us. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and so. Or, and so she is in there and when she's in there, she finds the, her focus, which is just this little, she finds it off of a, off of a, a, a dead body in there and it plays like a, a happy birthday message on it. And she's instantly like, Oh, what's this thing? And like, he just puts it in her ear. Cause that's what she found it on the body was in the ear. So she knows it goes there and she, you know, it suddenly like activates and shows her all these, all this information about her surroundings. And so she uh, then goes up. And he was able to climb out of it. And obviously Ross is like, oh, you know, what, what happened? Are you all right? You know, like you're not supposed to be in those, those areas. They're forbidden. And then he sees that she has the focus and, you know, he's like, oh, give that, you know, no, I need that. Like you can't, you don't know what it does. You don't know what it could do to you. You know, like you need to give it to me. And Aloy is very uh, resistant and doesn't want to give it up. And is like, no, it's my, you know, it's mine and all this other stuff. Yeah, and it's one of those. Give away your new cool headphones. Exactly. But what it's kid one of those, would do that? It's one of those moments. Ross relents and he's like, okay. Like, you know, I'm going to trust your decision with this. 
And so then is you're Aloy able to... adult Aloy by that point. No, she's still oh, a she's child. Still so it's one okay, of those things where it's true. like, he's, he's being that, like that teacher mentor role to her. And, but then also the softness of the more of the father figure where he's just like, I could be a hard ass and take this from you. But I also understand like, we'll see, you know, like I'm going to try, I'm going to trust what you're, what you're feeling with this. It's like if you dared to let one of your own future children play with just one. Exactly. Star Wars dolls. Just one. (laughs) Just Just one. one. And then if it went badly, give back, give it back. Exactly. But it's one of those things like, (laughs) you know, give and take. And so, and so then because of that, you know, obviously Aloy is asking the questions of like, who's my mother? Why can't I be in this village? Like there's another really, it's a very sad moment where she like, after she's able to rescue that boy, uh, he, she falls him back to the village and there are all these other kids and they like, and they obviously know that Ross is an outsider and that she, therefore she's an outsider. But like, she wants to like, they're all like picking berries or something and she wants to like try to interact and, and hang out with them. And then some of the kids start like oh. bullying her, making fun of her and like throwing, you know, throwing dirt and stuff at her. And then a, an adult comes by and like ushers all the kids away. Like, no, no, I can't talk to her. Can't talk to her. And she's obviously like, you know, very sad and upset. Like, why can't I be one of them? And so Ross then is like, you know, I've been training you for this life as an outcast, but if you really do have these answers that you, these questions that you want answered, there is a way to figure it out, to find out who your mother is, to find out, you know, all these different things. And so, and it's to take part in the proving, which is this oh, event right. that you happens. Told me about that. Yeah, when I talked about Horizon Zero Dawn way back then, it's this big competition and event where, like, basically, whoever wins the proving is granted a boon, a wish of, uh, you know, of anything they would they would desire, and it's held by all of the, by that point, young adults of the of the tribe, and so. The, the whole thing is, and it doesn't come out until later, that Rost knows that if you succeed and when, if she wins the proving, she'll be granted back into the Nora family. And then because of the laws of the land and he abides by the laws of the land and all that stuff, they won't be able to talk. Oh, but it's snap. this, it's this thing that like Ross knows this and this is this child. Personal that he, sacrifice. Exactly. That he's really pushing for, you know, he's like, I'm trying to train, you know, I'm, I'm trying to raise you and all this stuff, but if you really need to know, you can do this. And he, you know, and he, and he does sacrifice his own oh. like relationship with her to be like, you can go and win this and you'll be able to find these answers to these questions that you have. And so it's this, the, the first like few hours of horizon zero dawn, like have so much emotion packed into it because of your relationship with Rost. And so I'm, I don't really want to go much further because then it gets, it does start getting it and I can't avoid spoilers. The game has at this point, not even been out a year yet. So like, I don't, I mean, well, like right out a year. And so probably still plenty of people who want to play it still. So right. I don't want to go much further and be, and give away any more of the story, but their relationship is, is very similar to, uh, Bayek and Aya. It's just oh, gotcha. in, in the sense that like they, I thought, it's a, I thought for sure you were going to say Joel and Ellie. Oh yeah. Joel and Ellie <laughs> might even be better, but because, well, no, not really, no? not better. I mean, it, it is a similar relationship and, and everything, but this one, but, uh, you know, as I've said at the end of last of us, Joel becomes very selfish. Right. And, and even could be more seen of, of almost an antihero character, you know, where it's like, he is the main good guy of this game. And as is Ellie, but, but he makes some pretty questionable decisions there at the end. Right. Whereas Rost is totally going for this. It's this thing he didn't ask for. He was commanded to to do, and he's accepting it, and is ta- and is taking on this this father mentor role with her, and even still knowing that he has this companion with him in this supposed life of solitude. Like he can interact with other outcasts, but still, it's like this is for all intents and purposes, his daughter, and he is willing to show her the way that will lead her away from him. And, you know, 
for for better or for worse and how the story takes place from there like you know that obviously has some has some consequences and he knows that but it's just that that point that and that love that he has for her even though he is like i said very stern very uh can be standoffish with her and and everything because it's just still at the end he still has that father's fatherly love for her and wanting her to be able to find her own way and so because of that, I gotta Touch say, the heartstrings. It, it really is. Did I got shed any tears. Oh God! Did you really? I mean, not really, but like it's one of those. I things. I probably would have. I'm a crier. It's, at video games. oh, this one would. And the beginning like, of this, the beginning anything, part of oh. of Horizon would definitely do it. Then, yeah, but like probably. for me, it's one of those. Like the first few hour, a couple hours of Horizon, I was just like, <laughs> my heart. Me Corazon. <laughs> the feels. Oh, the feels. But yeah, so so Aloy and Rost, and more specifically, I guess from that, really Rost, like he, you know. Stand out, stand Good up guy. For him. I said. Stand up guy. So, uh, really quick, we did reach out to some of our uh, patrons to see if they had any relationships and and uh, romances that they were their that were their favorites. Another convenient use for being a patron. Oh yeah, you get to interact with us on the Discord, super exclusive, and then you get to have your voice heard. Everybody and should do it. There you go. So we asked them for a couple of their favorite relationships, and I'll just read off a couple of those real quick. Uh, Riven says Zaya and Rakan, which I hope I'm pronouncing those right, but those are heroes from League of Legends. I had to look up. I didn't, I didn't know, know that they, one either. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that, that one. Got me. Um, let's see. Uh, Dylan says Triss and Geralt from uh, The Witcher 3. Did you talk about that one previously? I had actually probably talked about uh, Geralt and Yennefer, I think. Ah, you, okay. In, in the last... Shipping ro- wars. Romance and relationship. Yeah, because he's all that. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm on the Geralt and and, uh, and Yennefer train. And so he wasn't about that. Um, okay, so I saw this happen earlier in the in there that uh, I guess I'm assuming it's Ark, right? Who changed her name to yes. Oscar. <laughs> that threw me off so hard. I had to like, I was like, who is this? <laughs> Come back. Hilarious. Um, but yeah, I think she had one. Didn't she also? She did. Yeah, she did. I'll let you read that one. Oh, wait, where was it? Uh, oh, Yuna and Titus. <laughs> so who is that? Hilarious. So Yuna and I didn't Titus know this one are from Final Fantasy X. Oh, okay. They're really, they're like the title characters. Oh. So Titus is your main protagonist. You are Titus throughout the game. Um, in the Japanese, they call him Titus, which is too Titus? too stupid for me to say in American audiences. <laughs> so we will call him Titus because it's T-I-D-U-S. Anyways, Titus and Yuna are the two title characters. Yuna is your main summoner. She's also kind of like your white mage. They very much have like a romance thing going throughout the whole game. Uh, it actually ends kind of tragically. Oh, no. Spoiler alert for oh, a game no. that's really, really old. But they can bring it back in 10 too. There you go. So anyways, uh, there's this really fun, <laughs> there's this classic scene. <laughs> <laughs> where uh, I, I forget what Titus is trying to do, but they're having a conversation and Titus like, I guess is trying to laugh something off, but his laugh is so horrible and so fake that like every, like the whole Final Fantasy fandom just latched onto that <laughs> and like people will not let it go. Really? Like, it's no become its own like internal it's meme. It's become its own meme. It's fantastic. So Titus and Yuna, hysterical. <laughs> nice. So thank you everyone for sending, damn it, the camera. I'm bad about noticing it today. So thank you, everyone, for sending in those wonderful of your favorite personal relationships. Okay, so I know we really don't have time to go into our honorable mentions. We can mention them real quick. But do you want to mention them? Yes. Because mine, I kept it because I was like, we could really, it's one that we both could go on. Okay, gotcha. And so I was like, uh, we need to. All right, I'll say mine first then because it's a little bit. 
you? All right, I'll say mine first then because it's probably lamer than yours, and it was also one that I think Bro Mogan may have mentioned. It's okay. Squall and Renoa from Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, I feel you like you ever we've need romances, you go to Final Fantasy. They've got it in spades. Anyways, nice. yeah, Final so Fantasy VIII, Squall and Renoa. Okay, so mine, and I like we've talked about this at length already. Not really the the couple at length. Well, we have, but like. Waluigi and Wario? No. Dang. <laughs> Max Caulfield and Chloe Price from Life I is Strange. I almost did them. I almost did too. Oh, we probably should have. We probably should have, but that would have been the whole episode. That would have been the whole episode because we've talked about it so much. And they're such a great pairing. They and are. And it's such a great relationship, seeing their relationship build in the first Life of Strange game. And so, like, season one of Life of Strange. Oh, oh my God. No, I should have talked about uh, Mr. Jefferson and, oh, yeah? and Max. I would have been like, OTP, Mr. Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> How messed up with that? <laughs> it's my favorite relationship it's my favorite ever. Relationship. <laughs> no. New, new, new. No, no, no. Chloe so, and Max. And so I'm sure, like, I could follow up whenever I get around in my backlog to playing Before the Storm, I could talk about probably Chloe and Rachel as yeah, well. Yeah, I was about to say, what if we, like, differed and you were all Team Rachel and I was all Team Max? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the thing because the final episode is supposed to be, like, another uh, episode of. Uh, which it comes out of March, I believe, but it's with uh, but it's with Max and Chloe again. That's right. Oh, it's like, going to be great. It's going to be so good. Reunited. But, the, but I was like, I want it. I put them down, and I was like, No, they. I can't. We can't. That'll because we would talk be about the whole it the episode. whole time. We really would. Yeah. So oh. I had to, I had to put that one Fantastic. by because we already did a whole episode about Life is Strange. We actually have done two episodes now on Life is Strange. Like the first one was the review of the first episode. It and then deserves we did, a third episode. I mean, maybe we'll do that at Sunday when we're really desperate for topics. We'll just be like, let's talk about Life is Strange again. Yeah, okay. Let's just revisit that. Yeah, let's just come back. Let's we can talk all back. about Nathan. What a tool, right? Yeah, what a tool. Is that his name? Yeah, Nathan yeah, Prescott Nathan. and the oh, whole Prescott family. In my head, I always call him Nathan Drake because <laughs> you hate he Uncharted. sucks and Uncharted sucks. Oh, God, God. Two for two. There you go. But anyway, so that is our list of relationships and romances. But uh, so obviously, though, we still would like to hear from you, our other listeners out there, to of what some of your favorite relationships and romances are. So send those our way either through the e- our email, teamchatpockets.gmail.com, or writing a post on our Facebook page, sending us a tweet. Or if you're, again, a patron who did not, who missed out on the original calling for lists. You can send those your way too on the Discord channel. Eloquent, good sir. Well, thank you. I thought I made my way through it quite well. But with that, that concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time.